with what Greg requires and that we start at 7 o'clock and it's 7.03. So we're going to get started. Well, this is my last Sunday. Everybody go, yeah. Wednesday. <laughs> I've had a record like that today. My, my granddaughter told me she's not here yet, is she? Taylor said, Grandmother, I wish when you email, you're emailing, you wouldn't call it texting. And when you're texting, you wouldn't call it emailing. So kind of following along here. <clears throat> Lord, I just thank you for the privilege we have of coming together to worship you. And we come together to learn of who you are in our lives. I thank you, God, that you'll take the words that I speak and form them into substance in people's lives. And we thank you above all for Jesus. And we give you honor and praise and glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. <clears throat> Tonight, I'm going to be teaching on the nine gifts of the Spirit and how they relate to your individual life. I personally... Outside of the subject of redemption, I, I believe this is one of the most important subjects that the church needs to encounter is about the gifts of the Holy Spirit because that is the power that he gave the church to live in, <clears throat> to live out successful lives. Tonight I just want to discuss about the gifts of the Spirit operating in the individual believer's life. There are giftings for the church in the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit um, that are for church meetings or assemblies. Like certain people will have a message in tongues, another interpretation of tongues, and usually you'll see the same people doing that because <clears throat> they've been called. They have a, a calling from the Holy Spirit to function in the church in that manner. Uh, but all nine gifts of the Spirit are available for believers that have been baptized in the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues. We need to understand when we receive the Lord that the Holy Spirit comes in and he indwells our human spirit. And we're, then we become born again. And then when we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is the baptizer that we are filled up to overflowing with these nine gifts of the spirit. <clears throat> if you want to if you want to you can turn to 1 Corinthians 12 that's where I'm going to teach from tonight. <clears throat> there are actually three categories of giftings that the the spirit gives the church. And we can see them uh mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12. <clears throat> so I was just going to start from there. Um, when I say there's three, it's interesting. There's three categories of giftings that's been given to the church. And then when we get into the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are given to us when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, there's a, uh, there's nine of them, but they're in sets of three very interesting how the holy spirit <clears throat> uses numbers <laughs> so and three is a number symbolic of the trinity just all of that to me is very interesting it probably isn't other people but it is to me so in first corinthians 12 verse 1 it says now concerning spiritual gifts and that spiritual gifts <clears throat> and the greek can actually is actually saying spirituals now, concerning spirituals, brethren, notice what it says if you're reading along. I would not have you ignorant. That's a pretty strong word. He doesn't want the church ignorant of these giftings. And you know what? I believe most of the church is. Especially when it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. People seemingly are kind of scared of it. <laughs> And it's the power that we have in our lives, in our individual lives, to live victorious lives. So <clears throat> we're going to look at them very closely. So in verse 2 and 3, if you remember last week, I taught on spirit, soul, body. And uh, in verse 2 and 3, 
you actually can see where it's addressing that very area. It has nothing to do with the giftings of the Spirit in verses 2 and 3. But to me, it's very interesting. It says that ye know that ye were Gentiles. And in our present day, we use that as unbelievers. Gentiles, unbelievers. Carried away unto these dumb idols. I thought how interesting that is for our day and age because there's a lot of dumb idols we worship out there. When Then verse 3, Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit, notice that's a capital S. When you see a capital S on Spirit, it means the Holy Spirit. If you see a small uh, lowercase s, is speaking of our human spirit. So it says... Uh, speaking by the Spirit of God, meaning the Holy Spirit, Jesus accursed. So it says, no man speaking by the Spirit of God called Jesus accursed. And no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Spirit. To me, that's so, it's such an example of our spirit, of the Spirit of God living in us. And you know, a lot of people I've heard, a number of people over the years about that particular scripture will say, anybody can stand up and say, I don't like Jesus, or, you know, I just curse Jesus, or some of the ways they do curse Jesus. You know what? That's not coming from the Spirit of God. But if you understand spirit, soul, body, you know that the Holy Spirit resident in you cannot curse Jesus. If that happened, you're not saved. You don't know the Lord. Okay, now here we get into the good stuff. Verse 4, now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. Notice everything comes from the Holy Spirit. So there's diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. And diversity is in reference to the motivational gifts listed in Romans 12, 3 through 8. Um, so there's different, some of them called ministering gifts. I like the term motivational gifts. It says there's diversities. And really what it's speaking about is the different giftings you receive when you receive Jesus. This isn't from the infilling. This is every believer receives one or two of these motivational gifts. And it's really, C.J. likes to talk about relationships in the church. If you understand these giftings, you can understand how relationships can rub against each other in the church. I think we need to understand those giftings. And I'll break them down real quick. Um, They are... uh, Prophecy, serving, teaching, exhorting, giving, organizing, or mercy. And so when this, uh, when these gifts are, you know, you'll see some people that are real givers. You know, that they're just motivated to give beyond and be, up, uh, you know, way beyond. That uh, their tithe or their offering, they're, they're givers. And so they have a motivational gift of giving. And then there are those that are teachers, and a teacher is motivated by line upon line, line upon line, line upon line. And then you have your exhorters who come with the Word of God, and it just flows out of them, but they're not too concerned about line upon line, line upon line. And then your administrators are ones that are uh, in the church, uh, you know, keeping it running smoothly. You have a mercy gift, (laughs) His mercy, mercy, mercy. I think we have a pastor that's a mercy, mercy, mercy gifting in his life, plus a pastoral. But anyway, uh, uh, this was always so clear in my husband and my life because my husband was a mercy man. And I was an administrator, teacher administrator. <clears throat> and he, I, sometimes I just really literally wanted to choke him for his mercy, mercy, mercy. <laughs> I said, can't you see what they're doing? I mean, you know, uh, there. But anyway, so if you understand those giftings of each other in the church, the motivational gifts, you're going to be more tolerant of one another. You know, like an exhorter. You know, for me, I'm, I'm, uh, have a teaching, some of, somewhat of a teaching gift going. <clears throat> And so an exhorter, I can, you know, I'll be right there saying, what did they say? 
show me scripture and verse for that, you know, because they're motivated. They're, they're the ones out there motivating people. They're the ones that get people saved, <laughs> you know. And uh, so you'll see those different giftings, and that's not what I'm teaching on tonight, but it helps you to understand that we have different motivational gifts when we're, we receive the Lord and there to work, make the church work. If we all knew our motivational gift and could tolerate one another, it would run smoothly. So I'm, I'm sure some of you have all taken the little test, you know, what's your motivational gift. <clears throat> okay. And then verse 5, and there are different administrations, but the same Lord. Administration here is in reference to what we call the five-fold ministry gift. And Ephesians 4, 11, 13, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And then in 1 Corinthians 12, 29, it lists another um, a gift of ministration or ministry gift, and it helps. And a lot of people don't consider that as a ministry gift you've been called to. What is in that helps ministry? Praise and worship. Is considered a helps ministry. They're here. To, we're here to help one another. People that are back there doing a great job in the kitchen and love it, helps ministry. Even people that come in and want to work in the, keep the place all nice and spiffed up, helps ministry. Altar ministries on Sundays, the ones that come up front. Uh, many of them, I'm sure, have this helps ministry operating in their life. So we have, we all have these giftings that are to be used for the body of Christ. But tonight what I wanted to talk to you about was the gifts of the, the nine gifts of the Spirit. And in verse six, and it says, there are diversity of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. This is, rever- this is referring to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and it caused diversity of operations. It's different giftings, and they come from the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> They're actually supernatural demonstrations of the Holy Spirit's presence in you. And it's very easy to understand that it does have to do with the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, because Jesus said in Acts 1-8, go that you may receive power. And they did. And what was the first sign they had? They spoke in tongues. Tongues is not a thing. It's such a diversity in the body of Christ, and I really think it's because the devil just gets in there and doesn't want people moving out in uh, power. Because actually, you have to have that infilling first. And I know there are people that will dispute what I'm saying, and you can get on the Internet and read all kinds of things, uh, but that's okay. Uh, this is what I firmly believe is truth. So, you know, we can talk about it, but I won't argue with any of you about it. Okay. And to me, it's my experience. My experience, my life, my life totally changed when the giftings of the Holy Spirit began to operate in my life. And, you know, I guess why I'm so intent and very on the young, I'm very intent on them learning about these giftings in their life. Because there, I was 37 years old when I, no, I was 35. I was 35 when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with evidence and tongues. I was in the denominational church. Nobody could tell me what was happening in my life i quickly understood the minute i was baptized in the holy spirit i quickly understood error that was operating in my life and my family were uh, great denominational people church every sunday but they also and i believe i totally believe this now because of the lack of understanding these things and in the denomination i was in that people look for something supernatural that could help them. So my mother and my grandmother were both involved in unity, if you understand, if any of you are familiar with unity. It used to be a, quite a thing. It may still be, I don't know. Or a Christian science. It's science of the mind type things, you know. 
And, <clears throat> and so they'd call them. You know, when we had an emergency, we didn't go to the church for people to pray. They called Unity Hotline <laughs> or called Christian Science Hotline. And you know what? We saw results, and I believe it was just faith that was activated uh, because they knew the Word of God, but the supernatural was not in operation in our church. So there you were. But when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I quickly realized one error that I had learned through Unity. And it was that that if <clears throat> that uh, when it said you must be born again, uh, prove karma. You know what karma is. Y'all know what karma is. It means that you're born again and again and again in different lives, different lives. And uh, boy, quick that scripture came quick that that was error. I could have spent a lot of time digging that out, but the Holy Spirit told me quickly. Well, that that was error. It just was a shock to me, you know. Um, so it's things like that. These giftings are not something that comes from the natural mind or the natural learning. They come from the Holy Spirit and their manifestations of his, the giftings we have available to be victorious in this life. And I tell you, the day we're living in, we need, we need to understand this more than we ever have. Okay. Kaylin. Good. That, uh, I believe I'm ready. No, I'm not. I swore I'd keep by my notes. So I'm right here to, I'm going to stick with them. My sister listened to me on the internet and she called me. She's in West Virginia. She said, wow, Aunt Rose, you really have a different anointing. <laughs> I said, yeah, yeah, I did. I do. <laughs> so anyway, I'm trying to stay line upon line here. Okay, so we saw there's diversity of operations and that they are the manifestation of the Spirit. Verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. So the Holy Spirit's the source of these gifts, and they are available for the benefit of every believer. Isn't that some? That is just so precious to me. Not only did he give us faith to be born again, but then he takes us this, this dimension that we can walk victorious in this life. And it is in each individual. So it says they're manifested for the benefit of individuals to profit. To profit means to increase. If you have a profit, you're going to increase, right? So in the way he works in us, we will increase in those areas in our life. And then verse 8, I'll do these quickly, and then we're going to go through each one of them quickly. You could teach on this forever, (laughs) a lot. So I'm just giving you a quick overview. I hope it stirs you up enough to start looking into them for yourselves. Okay, for for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith, by the same spirit to another the gift of healing by the same spirit to another the working of miracles to another prophecy to another discerning of spirits to another diverse kinds of tongues diverse kinds of tongues means various tongues to another the interpretation of tongues then a verse 11 but all these worketh that one and self same spirit dividing to every man severally as he wills Notice, it is the Holy Spirit that initiates these gifts. You know, I went in the beginning of when the charismatic move started. Boy, you know, you've got an ancient teacher up here. <laughs> I go way back, and I've lived through all of this, so I've got a lot to share. <laughs> but in the very beginning of when charisma, meaning the giftings, uh, came into the churches, and, and I know some of you were part of it, were you? Some of you, anybody older than I am here? I don't think so. Anyway, when, uh, you know, it was such a dramatic thing. And and people began to think, well, I have this gift. And then I have this gift. And it kind of, it became a puffed up, boastful thing, you know. And look at me. I, I'm the one that prophesies. 
and I have this gift, and if you want to get healed, you come to me, because I, that was going on in the church. But right there it was. The Holy Spirit divides as he wills. He's going to bring that gift up in you as he wills. We really don't have anything to do with it except believe, right? But you're, you've been around, haven't you, bro? Yeah, you were around in all this. I cannot believe. <laughs> so I just, uh, I still feel pretty young, you know. <laughs> but I get around all you younger guys, and I thought, wow, they missed out on a lot. But anyway, <laughs> so... Now, Kaylin, if you could put that diagram up here. This is my artwork, so don't don't laugh. Okay. Well, I don't know if you call that art, but it's my not being too skilled on the computer work. Okay. We have the the nine gifts of the the Holy Spirit come when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. To overflowing. That's when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's to overflowing. When we have salvation, you know, it was referred to as this well in us. But then when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, it flows. It flows up and out of us. And it's for, for other. It's not only for us, but it's that we can reach others with these giftings. Okay, the first then is the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit that I just read to you. <clears throat> And they, those nine gifts can be broke down into three categories. And I like to call them the see, the say gifts, the see gifts, and the do gifts. <laughs> That's easy to remember. Say, see, do. And then they have a grouping of three. Each one of those categories has a grouping of three. The say gifts are your inspirational gifts or your speaking gifts. The C gifts are your revelation gifts, which imparts revelation to you. And the do gifts are our power gifts. So there's three categories. And so then you see the nine gifts of the Spirit. In the inspiration gifts, the say gifts are tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. Then in the C gifts, the revelation gifts are word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and discerning of spirits. And then in the do gifts, the power gifts is special faith, healings, notice healings is plural, and working of miracles, miracles is plural. So that, uh, and what is so interesting about these is they'll work with one another. But what's really interesting is when you can begin to identify them as they're working in people's lives or even working in your own life. And it just gives you a little go for it because, you know, that's something you're receiving from the Spirit, so go for it. (laughs) Anyway, the inspirational gifts in tongues is the first one. And it is merely just a language of the Holy Spirit that's been given to you. When you speak in tongues, you speak supernaturally to God. We talked about that last week. Your spirit speaks but your mind doesn't understand it it's your inner man who's talking to god so when we when we uh, especially you sit and worship when you're worship being in the spirit and in tongues you're magnifying god with a language that you probably even your brain can't understand it's so beyond our comprehension i guess he, unless you get a little glimmer of it The Greek term for tongue, this is the only Greek word I think I've got down to use, is glossia. Glossia. And in the New Testament, it's defined as the tongue by implication of a language that is not naturally acquired. It it comes through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's not a natural language. It's a language of the Spirit. And I just listed real quickly some of the ways that uh, this gift can be used, which helps you have more understanding. Uh, In other words, if you don't understand it, you think somebody's just doing blah, 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 you know, up there, go da, 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 da. I I could speak in tongues, but I won't do it. Because if I get started in that, then I probably will never quit. 
But anyway, um, <clears throat> it's a means for divine worship, praise, or prayer. And you can go to Jude 20 and 21 and read that if you want to. It's for the purpose of edifying the church. It's assigned to unbelievers. And it uh, you're praying out the mysteries of God, and it builds up your most holy faith. When, when you think your faith's lacking, just start praying in tongues. That's what Jude tells you. To build up your most holy faith, pray in tongues. Pray in the Holy Ghost. That's what praying in the Holy Ghost is, is praying in tongues. Okay, the next on the say uh, category is interpretation of tongues. And this is, it is interpreting in your natural language what has been said in your spiritual language in tongues. It's interpreting what the tongues, and what I want you to notice the word interpreting is not translating. It's interpreting. Wow. And that's, uh, there's a difference there. Uh, for instance, uh, I, <laughs> oh, I've seen this happen a lot too. I can't tell all my stories. Don't tell any of your stories. But, um, I've seen people get so intense on listening and they're trying to figure out in their mind the words that are being said. Have you ever seen that happen? Yeah. There's just, no. So they can, in, so they can interpret. No, that would be translating. <laughs> interpret it. The Holy Spirit will just quicken to you. In your spirit, what's being imparted by that presence of tongues. Now, the important thing to understand this, and uh, <clears throat> I love to minister. I've ministered this to a lot of people, <laughs> uh, is how to interpret your own language because everyone should interpret their own spiritual language. And it's the simplest thing that you could do. Um, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, 13 through 15, Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also, which means I'm going to pray in tongues, and then I'm going to... Pray with understanding, mean I'm interpreting what I just prayed. And a lot of times when you see that gift operating, we don't see it here very much. I don't know why, but we don't see it in the service. It may be that some, that, that, that no one's been called into that area because that would be a calling in the church, you know, not in, as an individual, but a calling for the church. But, <clears throat> What do you do? How you do that? How I've always taught this, and Greg said, don't take time to teach it because you don't have time to do that. So I'm going to tell you how to go home and do it. <laughs> Pray first. Do what it says in the Word. Pray. I just ask for the understanding of my tongue. And then you just say, I receive that in faith. And you start praying in tongues. And I guarantee you, you'll come to a place where there'll be a little kind of thing happen in your spirit where it, like a pause or a say la moment or you know just a pause speak out the first word that comes it'll either come up like through here or it'll be in your mind speak the first word in your mind and you will be shocked of what you will receive and i used to tell people i, I saw it so often happen repeatedly and people would say is that is that the holy spirit but what I tell you, and I, I cry, I usually just would have a tear every time it happened. But they'd pray in the Spirit, they'd interpret it, and, and I'd say, okay, Paul, now tell me the first thing you have received. Speak it out. And it'd be like, I love you. You're precious to me. And they'd sit there and go. And I said, that's the Holy Spirit revealing to you. See, so simple. But a lot of people reject that immediately. Well, that's just me. No, it's a relationship the Holy Spirit has with you. Once you know how special, you know, how much he loves you. Anyway, you can do it at home. Get a book. 
get a journal, but my family all knows I believe in journaling. I've got volumes of journals around my blanket. <laughs> Kylie's going, yes. And how's your journal? <laughs> so anyway, you can write down that interpretation that comes and you can test it out. I mean, you can go back and say, okay, does this line up with the scripture? Is this scripture? It doesn't hurt to do that. And if it isn't, you'll tell real quick, well, was this just out of my soul, man, my mind, will, emotions, or was this from the Holy Spirit? You can tell very easily. You'll be surprised. I love to hear Oral Roberts talk about how he built ORU. <laughs> Amen. But, you know, he couldn't even afford the plot of land that that ORU is built on now. But he said he'd go out and stand in the middle of that field and he'd pray in tongues and then he'd interpret and, and he'd know what to do that day. He built the whole university that way. He didn't have a dime to his name, but he built the whole university that way because the spirit daily would tell him, okay, you do this. Okay, you do that. Think that'll work in your life? And then sometimes he'll tell you, you know, you're really off on a rose. <laughs> you'll get that too. I mean, not on a rose. I just put in my name. He'll use your name. Taylor. I'll pick on Taylor, you know. Okay. Moving along, which I'm not doing very rapidly, is prophecy is the next one in that group. <clears throat> prophecy it's just a, it's it's an outflowing of of what's in your spirit. You'll you'll see somebody get up, and you know you'll get see somebody get up. It, okay, let me put it this way: preaching and prophecy are two different things. And um, you'll see people preach, and it's from their what they've learned. You'll see this oftentimes with pastors or people that minister. You'll see them start off in something they really know, you know, that they've studied, and they'll go right off into something that just edifies. And you can tell the change. You can tell when it comes because they're giving you natural knowledge, and then all of a sudden they're going in, oh, and you're so blessed. Wow, praise the Lord. That is really good. Where did you get that? Well, they got it. It's prophecy. It's an outflowing of the Holy Spirit. He'll use your natural knowledge at times and take it right on into a prophetic thing, prophecy, flowing. It flows. In fact, the things of the Holy Spirit flow. I don't know how else to put it that way. Okay. The, you'll notice these three giftings, uh, the, those three tongues, interpretation of tongues and prophecy can all work together, interchangeable. Like tongues and interpretation of tongues, you can give a, a message in tongues, you can interpret it, and it'll go right into prophecy. Tongues, interpretation, tongues, equal prophecy. So they, they're all working together. Okay, I'm going to have to cut this short because I have a little thing that I want to do. Okay, the next is revelation gifts, the word of knowledge. I had more to share with you on each one of these, but I'll just give them to you as I... As I relate to them, okay? Word of knowledge is not natural knowledge. Now, the thing to notice here, it does not say a gift of knowledge. It says a word of knowledge. It's like uh, when you write a sentence. One word is just a fragment of that sentence. So knowledge is knowledge that's coming from God, from the Holy Spirit within you. He's imparting knowledge to you that... It's only a word. It's not, and it's used, he brings it to you as it's needed. And the word of knowledge always has, to me, always has to do, and many people teach this, so it always has to do with things that are in the past or things that are present, that are happening right now. Okay. It, it's something that the eye hadn't seen, the ear hadn't heard. It comes from the Spirit. Okay. The word of wisdom has to do with future. And I had some examples I was going to give here. 
to you something I want to do. The word of wisdom is information that comes from God's wisdom, the Holy Spirit that's resident within you. And wisdom applies to the future. Jesus used, I mean, uh, Matthew 24 is (laughs) words of wisdom. Jesus said what's going to happen, what's going to come in the last days. And we're living in those right now. You see those things transpiring. But when he gave them, they were words of wisdom. Now, wisdom, what's what's so wonderful about words of wisdom, just one word will tell you something about the future and how you can apply it. And I'm going to tell this story uh, real quick. Um, I've told this to youth groups before, but to me it's so powerful. Demas Shakarian, who started Full Gospel Businessmen's, uh, came from Armenia. And this happened back in, well, I guess in the 50s when they came. And so I don't know who was in power in Russia during the 50s, but it wasn't positive. <laughs> anyway. And it was, it was, uh, Christians were, you know, having to go underground and all that type of thing. Well, in Armenia, in this little Pentecostal church, Demas was part of this church, and he was just a young child at that time. There was a 13-year-old boy that got up in front of the church, and he said, in 13 years, on a certain, certain date, I don't remember the date, that we, this congregation has got to be out of here and in the United States. And then he starts saying, you need to sell what you have. You need to, 13 years old, but that gift was recognized in that child. See what I'm saying? It don't matter your age because the Holy Spirit doesn't have an age. It's knowing how to, allowing the Holy Spirit. So I think that was a pretty advanced church as far as things spiritual. And Nadima said they started doing it. When the last person left that community, the Russians moved in and killed every Christian in that community. That's what a word of wisdom will do. That was a word of wisdom in operation. And people that understood it and knew how to apply it to their life, that would have been a big thing to have done. Word of, wi- word of knowledge and word of wisdom can work together. I think discerning of spirits is probably pretty clear to everyone but discerning the spirits, it will show you the motivation behind something. Um, and it can be either divine or it can be of uh, the evil kingdom, you might say. It can be angels. You'll discern. You'll have a discernment. The Holy Spirit will let you. Have you ever had an angel just walk around? I've had that happen in services. I've been very aware of something just brushed right beside me. In fact, I used to tell the kids, there's more angels sitting in here than probably we are here. You can discern them. They're here now. I hope you've got that whole row filled up right there. I believe that. They're with us. We have ministering spirit, but we can discern that. That's what that gift is. It's not something we make up in our mind, but the Holy Spirit will reveal that. I know every one of you have been around somebody go, oh, you know, I just soon not be around that person. What is that? It's a discerning of a, a spirit that's motivating or operating uh, around you. So that's the discerning of spirits. Okay, go on to the do gifts, the power gifts. And they have to do with special faith, healings, and working of miracles. <sighs> that's pretty clear. Special faith is when... The Holy Spirit quickens something in you that will give you faith that even though that thing looks impossible, you have this confidence that it's not impossible, that it can be done. It's special faith. He'll, the Holy Spirit will impart it for one thing at one particular time. Healings, notice the words plural. Healings has to do with not only our physical body being healed, but also our emotions our soul, our mind, healings can occur there by the unction of the Holy Ghost with uh, the gift of healings in operation. Working of miracles, a miracle happens when God intervenes 
and a natural thing. He just intervenes and says, you know, it says it's going, something's going this way, but he will intervene and it's a miracle. <clears throat> so all three of those, those are power gifts. Dunamis power. And in Acts 1 at 8, it tells us you shall re- receive dunamis power. And dunamis means dynamite. Dynamite power. It's explosive. We should be the most powerful people in this earth. And you know what? A lot of people aren't going to like you because you're like that. That's been my experience. You know, <laughs> they just don't understand you. But anyway, <laughs> that's okay because we're walking in that. These three gifts work together too. They can also work together. Like all these gifts can work together. For instance, like if you knew somebody had a physical problem, word of knowledge, right? it's right now. And then there would be a quickening in, in you of gift of healing that wanted to take place and special faith had come. Okay, I'm going to lay hands on you. And then a working of a miracle. The three often have to work together because take, for instance, a destructive disease. If that, if a person is healed of that, uh, that disease that if he's healed of the, the, what's been caused in the body for, well, what I'm thinking is raising of the dead, but I know there's things that can happen in your body. Well, for instance, cancer can eat you up, you know, that type of thing. So you need a healing gift to come. You need special faith to receive that. And, uh, the healing gift comes, uh, to heal the disease, to, to eradicate the disease. That's what a healing gift does. It'll eradicate the disease. Special faith will receive that. And it, you know, you wonder if it doesn't have to work on both sides sometimes, the receiver and the giver. Sometimes the special faith will be so quick in the person that's laying on the hands that the, the receiver doesn't, you know, it just happens. And that's a working of miracles. But usually you'll see that a receiver has to receive and a giver has to give, you know. If you understand those things working together. Well, I'm kind of hurrying along here. If I've had a grandson that so graciously said that he would do something for me. This happened almost a month ago. Josiah was at my house. Uh, he had his lab work laying on my table. And I was looking at it, not understanding anything that he had written down, you know. So I said, well, what's this, Josiah? And, he said, and so we started talking about his work, his lab work. And he said, you know, Grandma, I'm really into systems. And he started explaining all this stuff to me. Yet I saw his natural knowledge turn into a prophetic thing. So I called him Monday and I said, <laughs> Chrissy, uh, my kids, God love them. You know, some of them say no. <laughs> but he said graciously, I said, do you remember any of that, Josiah? And he said, yeah, I do. And I said, well, you know, for me, 30 minutes ago is a long time to remember what I just said. <laughs> you know, so I'm kind of putting him on the spot. But uh, I said, you have that written down any place, what you told me? And he said, no, but I remember it. And uh, I noticed I talked to him and seen him. He said, yeah, I wrote it down. But I wanted him to share that. I couldn't even begin to do that. But what it is, he started with a natural knowledge. And I saw, oh, I knew the minute it turned in to the Holy Spirit, just taking that natural knowledge he had, explaining something of the kingdom of God. Okay, Josiah, bless your heart. He's, he's, he said he would come and do this for us. So, I want you to notice, though, that there are two things working here: natural knowledge that he had, and bless your. I know it's hard to to try to do something over when it's just cold turkey, more or less. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think you're going to kind of have to shift gears here a little bit because. Uh, it's going to kind of, anyways, I kind of put this to, together a little bit after I got done with a lot of my uh, schoolwork this morning. Uh, but uh, Grandma was right. We were just talking about, um, I don't know, just like different things I had going on. And then I, I had, 
been focusing a lot on, on different systems, and I kind of like to look at everything uh, everything as a system. And uh, everything in the surroundings, everything that fabricates uh, what we see is a system, right down to the beyond molecular level where you can't even comprehend, all the way to the level that we can't even comprehend because it's so large. Um, and anyways, the systems uh, in what we uh, see, uh, they serve one purpose, and that is to reflect the creator. And uh, all things in uh, nature, anyways, reflect the creator. That's their purpose. Uh, I kind of wanted to define a system a little bit. A system is a set of interrelating or interdependent components forming an integrated whole. Uh, so basically, it's a group of components that serve together to uh, perform one divine purpose. And like I said, that purpose with a lot of things around the earth is to reflect the creator. Um, what is it here I had? Um <laughs> Uh, systems are, uh, the interesting thing about them is here on Earth, uh, or in our universe actually, uh, everything in the universe is going to be uh, reflecting God. Uh, but um, what happens is, uh, uh, because after this probably happened after the fall of man, uh, or after the, after the first sin, but uh, what happens is you have a disorder in a system, and uh, that's kind of... Uh, uh, written down by a law here I have. It's called the uh, second law of thermodynamics. And I know some people are probably going to go, what? And some people are going to go, oh, I know what you're talking about. My Uncle Jarrett, he's shaking his head yes. He knows what I'm talking about. Anyway, the second law of thermodynamics states that um, all systems are moving towards uh, greater disorder constantly. So everything is moving towards uh, greater amounts of disorder or I guess you could say disorder or randomness. And uh, there's a term that you can use to kind of measure the randomness, and that's entropy. Some people may know what entropy is, uh, but anyways, though, but what I kind of got out of just thinking things together is that um, our lives are a system, and our surroundings are the spiritual world, and what we don't realize is that everything works together um, in ways that we don't even understand, but... Um, Anyways, uh, I'm trying to think here. <laughs> yeah, uh, but um, our lives are a system, and we're a component. And if you can understand what I'm trying to say here, we're a component of the system, and we can fall out of line and create greater disorder if we don't follow God, if we don't try, if we don't pursue Him. What's going to happen is we're going to fall out of disorder because he has a divine plan for every one of us. And our purpose here on earth is to, uh, is to effectively uh, perform our role as a component. Um, anyways, but uh, as to, so what's going to happen is, is if we don't follow God, we're going to fall out of line, out of our purpose, and we may not be here for another component. Every every person's lives interconnect uh, with other people. We're not our lives are just not our own. We're not we don't have just one singular purpose to go and fulfill all these great things and just to reflect on our thing. Our lives are not our own. Our lives affect other people. And uh, if you're not following God, you may not be here at a certain time for this other purpose for this other person or this other component to uh, lead them along in a different way and also uh, guide them more towards God. And if you're not functioning together as your uh, purpose as a component, which you need to be following God and looking in God's direction constantly, uh, you're not going to serve your uh, purpose as a component, and therefore you're just going to create greater entropy and greater disorder in the system. And it, and the thing is, is there's so many people that aren't following God that, stating back to the second law of thermodynamics, everything is just moving towards greater disorder. Because there's people that don't, you know, you got different religions, you got different <laughs> ethnicity, ethnicities, you got different groups of people, 
and they don't understand the reality of things. So all they're doing is just creating more and more disorder, and eventually it becomes overwhelming amount of disorder. So our we need to be stand firm and be able to make sure that we can follow God and serve our purpose as a component effectively, so we can uh, so we don't we don't create more disorder because that's the last thing we need is more disorder on this uh, in in our uh, realm. Anyway, so so that was kind of what me and Grandma talked about probably for an hour about. Uh, about how systems go along and about how things uh, interrelate with our lives and about how uh, our lives are a system and our lives are not our own. Everything serves to, uh, like uh, the definition here, uh, interrelating components, forming an integrated whole. So every component interrelates eventually, even though it may not look like it does, but it does. Uh, the spiritual world and our and the physical world interrelate as components. Everything is a system, and it almost becomes mind-boggling to think about everything as a system, and it reflects the Creator. But uh, anyway, that's kind of what I had. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, are you a good component? <laughs> Are you where you belong? <laughs> Praise God. And it's 754. We are good components. We're right in order. Greg, and we appreciate that. I hope you all understood what I said. I just overview. I just touched. Did I say anything today I shouldn't that you disagree with? Okay. Because I want everything right. Don't want any problems. Okay. I don't know, uh, there'll be no, no meeting next week, right? And we'll start up in December. Can you believe December? God. Some components out of order. <laughs> I don't even know what a component is. Lord, I just thank you. <laughs> I just thank you. <laughs> I thank you, Lord, for Everyone here, I thank you for your spirit being in the midst of us. Oh, God, I pray that everyone here can realize how special they are because they house the spirit of God within them and nothing is impossible to us. And we give you the honor and glory. And Lord, I pray for each individual here that they'll travel home safely. They'll have a good night's sleep. And their component will get up in power and glory in the morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we're through. (laughs)